But, but I think that in, in the times when you're like, I, I don't know, sh am I being too hard on myself? Or that those conversations with other people and kind of talking it through can really give you that outside perspective. Because like when you're in it and you're experiencing it, it's really hard to look at it not feeling the way that you feel at that moment probably. Yeah. I mean, so many times I'm having conversations and I'm talking about how my, with girlfriends, like, oh, I've got this, this, that on, and this isn't going as well as it should be. And my friend's just like, you've got a lot going on. Mm. And I'm like, right. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's this robotic. I, I sometimes feel like I'm, we're recalling a little bit of the ambition episode. It's, you know, when you've when you've got this level of ambition in, in all areas of life. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. Get ready for a candid convo with us, Nicole and Kate. Throughout this podcast, we'll be sharing our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. <laughs> oh, wow. Nicole, you're just going next level. You started like way early and it was this very gradual swanee dive. And then it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, a modern interpretation. One arm. It was very modern. One going back, one coming going at forward, me. right? <laughs> <laughs> looking ahead today friends looking ahead <laughs> oh so happy to be on the mic with you today likewise as always yeah I'm excited for our episode today talking about expectations and being too hard on ourselves oh yeah, this idea that we have to do it all and not make any mistakes and never quit and succeed all the time at being productive and on time is honestly kind of crazy. I mean, who can actually make that happen, right? But getting to a place where your expectations are realistic, not just for yourself, but for your family and for your loved ones, for your colleagues, for your business, is just not easy. And Nicole and I are here today to open up the convo on how we have experienced and attempted to tackle being too hard on ourselves. Nicole, I feel like we experience this especially intensely as entrepreneurs um, because you have to run an incredible business that always has great launches, hires the best people, makes good money, treats our customers well, doesn't make mistakes, and you have to do that all while also having an excellent personal life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's just not realistic. <laughs> um, but it does seem that we hold ourselves to these standards and inevitably, it just causes disappointment and frustration and a lot of negative self-talk and self-doubt. And it's no wonder that the imposter syndrome gets to us like on a daily basis, if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that we've talked about this in our mastermind a lot, um, which I know has been incredibly helpful because 
sometimes you can't even see that you're being too hard on yourself. So having others kind of gently remind you of that (laughs) can really help you get past those blocks faster. Do you agree? 100%. I think you left out and being in good health, not looking a mess, not letting Mm. yourself go, all of that too. Yeah. But it was one of those repeated phrases. Like I often heard on our calls, you and Cass would say, I think you're being too hard Mm. on yourself. Yeah. And I feel like I've, in conversations with other girlfriends, it's a phrase that comes up a lot because it's related to the expectations that you know, we're placing on, on ourselves. And then when you talk about it, when you open up and someone, you know, with their, from their perspective, it's very obvious that it's, I mean, shouldn't say obvious, but what often happens is from the other person's perspective is I think you are being a little bit too hard on yourself. And that happened a lot on our calls. I remember, I don't know if you remember a time when, when I talked about um, having recently been on stage, done a talk at an event, it was here in here in Australia, and I was so disappointed with myself with the way the talk had gone. Not for the content, um, that was all great. I had a positive feedback on the content I had shared. Um, it was on podcasting, and but what I was really disappointed about was the stage had this gigantic screen. Like the screen was huge. It was a very beautiful stage. It was a wooden stage and it had a, the, the podium, the lectern on one side. Mm-hmm. And then this, this um, just the, the platform in front of the screen. But the screen was huge. But I thought, oh, it, for some reason, it was just very um, daunting to me. Like I saw yeah, it as intimidating. like- A bit intimidating. And so I remember thinking, well, I can just, you know, my slides will project on the, on this beautiful, massive screen and I can just speak at the lectern and still, you know, be engaging mm-hmm. and effective. And I was kind of convincing myself of that during, during, you know, getting ready. And the other speakers who were great, took the stage, they paced, you know, they did the whole thing. And I was like, for some reason I had a block that day. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to do it from the lectern. And I remember afterwards being so disappointed in myself thinking I, that was an act of just not being courageous enough to just go ahead Mm. with it. And I remember then sharing it with you and Cass on our, on our call. And I don't know, I think I compared it to someone I was saying, oh, look at so-and-so they're you know, they're amazing. And I, I want that level of confidence. And you just both looked at me and were just like, you're just being so hard on yourself. Like the example you've given is someone who's been on stage since they were a child. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of snapped me out of this negative self-talk and this negative perception that I had of myself just by reminding me, just hang on a second, you know, you're being way too hard on yourself. Uh, you, you were both very kind and gentle in the way you, you, you know, you express that. But I remember it being like a wake up call to just realize, okay, there are steps to, I get it that I have this aspirational view and desire and ambition to, you know, to speak at a certain level, to have that confidence, to, you know, to, to engage and and be on stage at a certain level. And there are a few steps before that, you know, and I was, you know, I had to recognize where I was on, on that kind of rung of the ladder. 
Um, but it took you guys to just remind me that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an excellent point because I do feel like it's sort of this subconscious um, repetition of just always immediately like talking down to yourself about, you know, whether it's a talk on stage or maybe you made a mistake or you let someone down, like obviously not on purpose. And um, it can sometimes just be like a knee jerk reaction to mm. automatically just be so disappointed in yourself. But to not take into consideration everything else like in that situation that, you know, what might be going on in your life or just other like circumstances uh, um, in the situation. Yeah, actually, you just reminded me that specifically at that conference, this was a couple of years back, I actually wasn't feeling great health wise. I was kind of going through mm. a few things. Um and I just wasn't feeling my best energetically. Yeah. It was just a period of time. And that probably played into that decision of, you know, I wanted to do, to do well, to get through the talk, to share the content that I was there to share. But I wasn't feeling so I'm going to conquer this stage. You're going to see me from one end to the other. And I'm going to be, do you know what I mean? I didn't have that level of energy at that time. And that yeah. probably played into my decision, but I think I took it as, I interpreted it as, oh, perhaps like, you know, doing these talks isn't my thing. Yeah. It's so funny that you said that. It just reminded me of, of what was actually yeah. really going on. <laughs> right. See? Yeah. And yeah. so I, th I think that it's a matter of like, you have to start to recognize that pattern of, and, and I speak for myself too, I do it to myself all the time, being able to recognize when you're in that pattern, which is not easy to do. Because again, I think a lot of times it's so habitual and, and subconscious. Um, but to be able to say, wait a second, okay, yes, maybe I would have, maybe I wish I would have made a different decision, walk the stage versus being behind the podium. Or, you know, I, I wish I would have made a different choice because I'm not happy with the choice that I made. But here I am. And like, I need to understand, you know, the other circumstances, whatever was involved in that scenario. And I think that for me, it's really difficult when I find myself in situations where like maybe it's something that I have done before and I've done it really well another time. And then when I do it again, I don't do it as well as I did it before. And that's almost like, you know, I, it's I feel like it's different comparing yourself to you versus comparing yourself to someone else. Right. Because I do believe that you are your own best measure of how you can be better and do better and all of that stuff. So like then where, where do you, where do you go or what you feel like you're re when, regressing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. In, in that time you've taken yeah. a step back. Or mm. like, or when it comes to decision-making too, because sometimes I'll be so hard on myself. If, if I make a decision, then it doesn't pan out. I'm like, Ah, uh, I should have known better. Like I should have mm. known that I, I needed to ask those questions or I should have known that I needed to prepare for this. Like it's actually happened to us um, with sponsorship deals before, you know, I'll feel awful because we'll get so far into a contract with someone and then I'll realize like, oh my goodness, this is a conflict with mm. another sponsor. And then I just feel like I've put myself in such a mess and I 
spiral like so fast because I feel terrible. I I certainly didn't do it intentionally. Um, I I feel bad because we're so far down the road with this sponsor that now I have to figure out how to go back to them and say, I'm so sorry, but we can't do this deal. It's a conflict of interest and, and yada, yada. And I'm really hard on myself when that kind of stuff happens because yeah, I just expect more from myself. Like it was, it was a total miss on my part to not do something in the process that like should be so obvious. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, and do you think, okay, is, is that example, you might've done that quote unquote mistake before it's the first time. And Cause I do believe sometimes we can repeat, you know, certain errors of judgment. Um, yep. and so I think in also in those situations, we should be a little bit more forgiving. Um, mm-hmm. and, but especially if it is the first time rather than just be so hard on yourself, it's well, uh, you know, I learned that one, you know, I won't do that right. again. Um, mental note. Yeah. I think, I think it's definitely like the repeat ones where I'm just like, Ah, I know this. (laughs) Those are really frustrating, but yet we do that. And that's why I think it's probably even unrealistic to, to say, you know, never make the same mistake twice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. It is frustrating. Like I do, I do it in, you know, in sports a lot too. It's not just in business or, and in my personal life. Um, but like the, the last half marathon I ran, like my big goal was to run it sub two. And I was like, I don't know, a ridiculous number away from that, like 22 seconds or something. And I was so upset and I came down so hard on myself for that. And I mean, I think that like, I just, I trained so hard for that. I put so much into it. And then to not hit my goal was just super disappointing, But I don't know, I guess those are the scenarios, right? Where you have to take a step back and be proud of the fact that you did it Mm -hmm. and that you finished and, but I don't know, it doesn't make the, it doesn't make it any easier. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and the fact that we keep being hard on ourselves. I mean, I think some people are just much more, uh, this is why I think, is it a personality trait? Like, why can some people kind of move on a little bit more quickly or why I feel like in my case, I I do sit a little bit longer in that disappointment and it's until I voice it and maybe have a conversation. It's like, you know, for me, conversations are so helpful, you know, airing it out, venting it out with friends because that self-talk, it's a bit habitual. Um, So you, Mm -hmm. you need to, well, I hate to like always go back to this, but I think so much of it is mindset. Mm. Like, I think it's a certain mindset that you have to tap into to take yourself out of that cycle of always automatically blaming yourself or mm. coming down too hard on yourself. Like, you're right. You're right. That's why I always feel like you've done more work in mindset. I feel like I'm a few steps behind you. You're right. It is probably, it is mindset, isn't it? It's training training yourself to get out of that spiral or that negative yeah. self-talk. Okay. Yeah. Give it, give us some tips. <laughs> <laughs> Show us the way. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, I, I think like in my personal experience, I mean, this is the first like way 
to say it that comes to mind. I'm not in love with saying this, but just to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to, like, nobody's yeah. perfect, right? And so, I, again, going back to, like, I think the first step and, and the hardest part is that you have to be able to recognize that it's happening. And I think that, yeah. that that's so tough because I don't think a lot of people do recognize when it starts happening. Um, but being able to like call yourself out and say, wait a second, you know, I'm coming down on myself too hard. My expectations are obviously very high right now. And, you know, maybe what would be easiest is not even necessarily automatically thinking like, I need to change my mindset around this. Like I'm being too hard on myself. Maybe there is a really important lesson to be learned there, but instead of being negative on yourself about it, rather take a step back and see what you can learn from that and maybe acknowledge I made a mistake. I didn't, you know, perform to the level that I wanted Mm -hmm. to, or I didn't, you know, hit my goal or whatever it might be. And instead of, using your energy, your bandwidth and your emotions to come down on yourself, use your energy, bandwidth and emotions to figure out what you can learn from it so that, you know, hopefully the next time you do better or you make a different choice or whatever. I feel like I'm reliving and unpacking that incident with the talk because you've just reminded me again of when you said learning from that situation I actually confided in one of the speakers there who's great Um, and I thought oh she's such a great speaker she was just full of confidence and afterwards we were chatting and I said to her I said you know you're just you're so great on stage you just did such a great job you just don't seem nervous at all how do you do that and she was just straight up honest with me she said oh last year I got on stage it was a ridiculous number. It was like 160 times or something. Whoa. It was, it was a crazy number. She did a whole bunch of talks and she said, I just basically worked those nerves out through mm-hmm. getting on stage Repetition. that many times. Repetition. And I was like, damn it. I know that. I knew that. That's- <laughs> you're not just- Why'd you make it so easy and clear? <laughs> you're not just born with it, Nicole. Like, that's not how it works. Uh, yeah. People practice. There's practice. There's repetition. There's exercising that muscle. And so, to your point, what did I learn from that? Well, it's going to take a few more practices yeah. and, and times on stage to work those nerves out. It's it's just a fact. That's probably the best way that I'm going to achieve it. I don't think anyone's born. Yes, there are people that are born to be on stage and natural born performers and all of that. Yes, but they're the outliers, right? For the majority mm-hmm. of us, it does take practice. So, And I think a lot of it too is recognizing that it has to be like forward movement in those situations. In those situations, the worst thing you can do is start backtracking and looking into the past, right? Mm-hmm. Because like there have been a lot of situations for me too where I'll look at, so like I'll go back into work that I've done in the past like a podcast episode, maybe I was a guest on someone's podcast or one of my old, my own old podcast episodes or an old blog that I wrote or something like that. And I'll look at it, I'll hear it or read it. And I think, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Why would I say that? Why would I say it like that? And like, that's not helpful, right? That was in the past, like years Mm -hmm. ago, I created that content. But I think so much of it has to do with like, you can't, 
compare to where you were at like two, three years ago when you were still maybe finding your voice or um, still learning new skills or becoming a better writer, becoming a better speaker, whatever it might be. Um, there's, there's really no helpful outcome in looking backwards. What is helpful is to look forward and see how you can improve that, you know, going forward. Yeah, Omar and I always talk about like you've got to have cringeworthy work in your mm. history to to be able to show too that you know that you have progressed. Um, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. being being you know having a bit of grace and being kind to yourself if you are looking at that previous work and going okay, you know wasn't the best. <laughs> I'm thinking about all the early videos when Omar and I started um, our businesses together and we were producing video video content and I was, you know, fresh out of film school and we were shooting these videos around New York and, you know, we look back at them. At the time, we thought they were great. We thought yeah. we had yep. so much fun making them. I thought this is great editing, the music, the, the whole look of the film, the script was great. But it was pretty, I don't want to say bad, but I think bad's being harsh. It was the work that we produced at the time. And maybe it even wasn't that bad, but it was, it wasn't great. Uh. It is funny though, because you, I, it, it should be a way to show yourself that progress and that growth. And it should be a positive thing, right? But it, yeah, I don't know why that never registers. I just look at it and I think like, oh my gosh, how do I delete this? It's <laughs> <laughs> a thing. And I'm wondering too, you know, in, in this conversation as we're having this, if the, the fact of social media and the comparison game that mm. plays now, because there's so much content out there, there's so much opportunity to yep. compare yourself to what there is yeah. online, which is endless, <laughs> endless. Right that it, it makes it even, you know, exaggerates this whole being hard on ourselves because you of totally online. read my mind. Cause I was just thinking of it in terms of like, this is, it's so prevalent, I think because of how public everything is. Mm. And like, even today I was going through and, you know, kind of checking up my privacy standards on like all these sites, you know, as like, changing passwords and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, being a good online person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we try. And yeah. yeah. And just to look at like all these accounts that I have and just feeling like, I, I mean, I, I would love to just delete them all, but there's just so many places and spaces where things are out there and, and that opportunity to see like, oh, well, this is what someone else is doing or this is how you know, someone else's website looks or their launch went or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. And, and I just think that because of our online uh, presence, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it, like you are just putting yourself in a realm where it's unrealistic to do that. Because like half the stuff you see on social media is like so, you know, photoshopped and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff anyways, that it's not a true representation of... And headlines, you know, mm -hmm. headlines are crafted to grab your attention. And a lot of the times they're very exaggerated and don't tell the whole story. And so to compare your story, background, where you're at, and everything that comes with that to a headline or to a picture is just crazy. Yeah. 
but we do it and and like yeah. you said it's that awareness as well being aware when it is affecting us or when or when it's so unrealistic like comparing yourself mm-hmm. to something that might not even be real the way it's represented online i'm wondering yeah. too the other thing i was thinking is does it have to do with like a people pleasing personality type to have this um exaggerated you know being hard on yourself i think that's probably the there's got to be something there huh because you're not only like you're holding yourself to so many different standards yeah other people's standards to other people's yeah. standards and so yeah, yeah if, if you don't do something as well as you think you should according to someone else's standard people pleasing might not be the only only way to describe it but um I feel like I have that intersection of that personality of people pleasing, which is a bit of a female, maybe, I don't know if I'm I'm really generalizing here, but that nurturing care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the misindependent that wants to do everything, you know, on their own and independently and do it well. Um, And so (laughs) really plays into this whole being hard on myself if I don't do things and all things to a certain standard going back to how you know to the opening the business has to be great personal life has to be great Mm -hmm. health has to be great you know all friendships and relationships and 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 all of that has to be great yeah well and yeah I, I think as females you know a lot of that a lot of the burden of like having you know, the house, it looks, look nice and your family's together and your kids are cleaned up and your hair is done and you've got makeup on and like all of these things where I I feel like that standard seems to be much higher for women than for men. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, you said it earlier uh, a couple of times already in the episode, but I, I think you're spot on that when you do find yourself in these scenarios or feeling like, you know, you're coming down hard on yourself and maybe you think like, should I be being this hard on myself? I mean, sometimes it, like I do think that it's warranted to kind of you should have made a different choice or a different decision or, you know, check that extra box. And and maybe you do kind of need that moment to learn that lesson and, and to... Yeah, or you need to push yourself a little bit harder, you know. Right. But it, but I think that in in the times when you're like, I, I don't know, sh- am I being too hard on myself? Or that those conversations with other people and kind of talking it through can really give you that outside perspective. Because like when you're in it and you're experiencing it, it's really hard to look at it not feeling the way that you feel at that moment probably. Yeah, I mean, so many times I'm having conversations and I'm talking about how my with girlfriends like, oh, I've got this, this, that on, and this isn't going as well as it should be, and my friends just like, you've got a lot going on, mm. and I'm like, right, yes, that's true, and, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, it's this robotic. I, I sometimes feel like I'm, we're recalling a little bit of the ambition episode. It's you know when you've when you've got this level of ambition. In, in all areas of life, it, yeah, it can lead you to be unrealistically hard. Mm-hmm. Like how, uh, when is enough enough mm. kind of thing? Yeah, or just give yeah. yourself a bit of grace. You know, you did really well in that. This week, that went really well, you know. 
mm-hmm. whatever it could be, family, business, you know, you, you did all your workouts, you know, you went to the gym that week, right. whereas the week before you didn't. So, okay, you dropped the ball in this area. Well, and I think recognizing the areas or the the triggers, I guess, maybe that get you feeling that way. Like actually, before we hit record today, you know, we kind of had a little rant about news and like how sometimes I'll just put you in a a mood that you don't want to be in. You know, there are even, you know, sometimes certain like friends or family members that maybe you'll get on with and and you'll just want to like have, you know, a nice little catch up. And it's just like all this negativity being Mm -hmm. thrown. Um, And so I think it's really important to recognize the triggers in these scenarios, Mm -hmm. too, where maybe every time you go on Instagram is when, you know, you kind of start that comparisonitis and Mm -hmm. like, oh, I and then you start being so hard on yourself. That's another I think. I mean, I've totally done that before where I've thought, you know, this is not helpful and it's putting me in a space that I don't want to be in. Mm It's making me second guess the work that I've done, even though I know the work that I've done is really good. Um, And so, yeah, maybe that's another way other than just like being able to call yourself out and kind of take a step back, having conversations with other people about like the scenario or whatever it might be. Then like the third thing is maybe just recognizing what those triggers are for you, because it could just be that you know, you're, you're unrealistically comparing yourself or. That was a really good way of summing all that up. <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah. <laughs> you just did a really great job. I'm like, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're so sweet. No, it's true. Oh, Nicole. Well, I feel like this was such a great chat. Um, talking about expectations and being too hard on ourselves. I mean, there's so many different like areas and corners and crevices to cover. And um, yeah, thank you for helping us. I feel like we hit a lot of those today. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And thank you, friends. As we close out today's chat on being too hard on yourself, we hope that you picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you've enjoyed this conversation and maybe you have a friend who's also a little bit too hard on themselves at time and who might find this conversation helpful, share it with them. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.